Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. exhort you once more time we just exhort your name for your love we thank you for this moment and we're asking God for revelation of your word we ask for insight we demand of God of glory that you give us a hearing ear and an understanding heart and that to God which we're going to receive in Jesus name Amen praise the Lord okay so we're going to continue with understanding visions and revelations and uh, this is going to be part two on this series. Understanding visions or revelations, part two. Um, and we're going to be dealing with examples and features involved. Examples of revelations and the things that are involved. That is to say, the things that you can see or discover when you are having visions or revelations. Most of the features you know, that shows up when revelation is. Uh, being given. Again, our text is Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and then 2 Corinthians 12. But Acts 2, 17 again says, And it came to pass, I mean, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord God, and I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And we say the word vision here is horoses, which is the act of gazing, that is to say, externally or an aspect which is eternal, an inspired appearance, it speaks of sight, of vision. And so again, we look at uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 1. 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 1. Here again, it said, it is not expedient for me that less to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, I said you have to be very, uh, and I use the word emphatic on that, it's the revelation of the Lord. The things he saw are of the Lord. The Lord's many-faced appearance was revealed to him. That's what I mean. Verse 2 said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knew it. Such a one, caught up to the third heaven. And again, the word used here as vision by Apostle Paul is optasia. Optasia means visuality. It's something you really can see with your eyes. Concretely, an apparition an apparition, then a vision, and it's from the root word, optanomaya, which means with eyes wide open, as at something remarkable. You know, you, you see something and then it's like you are amazed about the thing. Not necessarily you're frightened, but you just looked at something, open up your eyes and you begin to, you know, you're wondering and all of that. So that's what it means. Praise the Lord. All right. And then Paul talks about revelation as well. So the word revelation, like I said, is apocalypsis. 
or which means a disclosure, something that is already there, but you don't see it. That's called apocalypse. So, for instance, uh, I have this book here under. As I mean, this place is, is dark, you can see it. It's closed, but it's existing, right? It's existing. You, you, you don't know it's there, but it's right there. But if I bring it up to the top here, you see it. So, it's an unveiling, it's an opening of that which is hidden. It's a disclosure of what is hidden. But the thing is already there. It's existing, but it's not seen with the natural eyes. Praise the Lord. That's what we call a disclosure, an appearing, a coming, coming from, let's say, from a dark state to a light state where you really can see. It means a manifestation. I'm still describing Revelation. Then it talks about that which is revealed or revelation. And again I said, it's from the root word apocalypto, which actually means to take off the cover. You know? So, again, if I do this, you probably cannot see my tab on here, but if I do this, you see, you understand that? So, it's an unveiling. The thing is hidden here, I just open up my hand and you see what is there. Is that alright? Or if I put a coin in my hand, and then you can see my hand folded this way, you may not know what is inside, but if I open my palms, you can see what's inside. It's an unveiling, that's the revelation. That's the real meaning. So, it means a take off. I mean, to take off the cover of something, that is a disclosure to reveal. So here he said again, I will come to visions, which is to say symbolically representations of spiritual and celestial things, in which matters of the deepest importance are exhibited to the eye of the mind by a variety of symbols or emblems. You know, we're talking about the nature and the properties of which serve to illustrate those spiritual things. There are things like, we're going to read some examples so that you can see. For instance, uh, the Lord can show you a picture of a building in a vision. So it's using that to teach. You can use that to teach you some things. Amen? All right. So that's what we're saying. We're talking about the manifestation of things not before known. And such as God alone can make known because they are part of his own inscrutable counsels. The things that are, they belong to him and they make them known. So, for instance, if he give you a vision of something that you don't know before, it becomes a revelation. Especially if that thing is being, uh, by implication, you can now understand if what God is saying. It's closed up in the very beginning, but when he makes it known to you, and then you'll be able to see what is hidden. In that which God is made known to you. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, so now, we're going to go on and then um, read a few examples. Uh, like I said, what are some of the features you find in visions and revelations? Some of the things you find when you have visions and revelations. What are some of the things you, you, you discover? Some of the things you see? Some of the things you can experience? What are they? So we're going to look at some features as we read through some passages. So... First of all, let's look at um, um, Job chapter 4 and verse 12. The book of Job chapter 4, I'm reading from verse number 12. Praise the Lord. And he says, Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a little thereof. 
and thoughts from the visions of the night. Now, I want you to underline the word visions of the night. When deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me, and trembling which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not design the form thereof. An image of before my eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Praise the Lord. I want you to look at that verse 15 and 16. As a matter of fact, um, maybe you can even take him from verse. I'll put this now. Verse 13 talks about the vision of the night. That is clear enough. But look at verse 14. 14, 15 again. It says, Fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. In other words, he was looking at something that was so, if I may use the word, terrifying to him. And it's kind of getting his air everywhere, you know. I don't know how to describe it now, but you can picture what I'm trying to say. He's just wondering, oh, what, what is this? So the hair of all the body you know, stood up and it's like he was shaking. And then he said, a spirit passed before my face. You know, just went by. Then the hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not design the form. The spirit passed and then stood still, but I could not design the form thereof. And the Bible says, an image was before my eyes. I was seeing an image before my eyes. Is that okay? And then I said, there was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? So I want you to look at some features in this, in this particular place. If you look at it critically, what are you going to see there? You see, first of all, it's a vision of the night, right? Which either be in a form of, though I'm going to differentiate different between a dream, vision, and trance as we go on. But here is a vision he saw of the night, and he could see a form, a shape, right? And he could hear a voice. So you need to get all of those things together. Those are features you can see or experience in a vision. When a spirit passed by, the spirit stands still, right? He was looking at it. Here is an image before him. But he cannot design what's the nature of this image. Are you getting that? And while he was looking at that, a voice spoke. Can a man be more wiser also than his maker? Right? So, the vision right there, actually God wants to communicate something to him. Maybe because of the way he'd been arguing about innocency and the problems that are coming to him. And so on and so forth. So here, yeah, God wanted to communicate with him, and then this experience was brought forth unto him. You see what I mean now? Praise the Lord. So, I want to first of all to notice the word night vision. Those are features that happen more in the night visions when you are more or less, uh, your natural senses are not working, they are not functioning, because then you go to sleep. God cannot be able to communicate to you. Sometimes it plays into your spirit realm 
and you begin to see this in a vision. But the thing is actually, it's a communication through your spirit man. Right? So now when you wake up in the morning, you begin sometimes to think like they are dreams. But it was God actually communicating to your spirit in that realm. In the celestial realm, God wanted to talk to you. And now that you are asleep, nobody is disturbing you. He can get hold of your spirit. And then he brings these pictures to your spirit, man. And now you can recollect them when you wake up the next day. And you see that you felt like it was a vision. Are you getting what I'm saying now? But the point is, God is using this thing to communicate his mind to you. That's the primary thing. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Now let's just look at something as... Uh, Let's look at uh, another passage I would like us to. Ezekiel chapter, chapter 8. The book of Ezekiel chapter 8. And verse number 1. Ezekiel chapter 8 verse number 1. Bible says, And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord fell there upon me. So, it's like what Paul would say, I was caught up. Did you get that? The hand of the Lord fell there upon me. He was in the midst of people, physically sitting down, discussing with the elders, and something now began to happen. So look at verse 2. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins, even downward fire, and from his loins, even upward, as the appearance of brightness, as the color of amber. Verse 3 says, And he put forth the form of an hand, and took me by the lock of my hair, and the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven. And brought me in the vision of Jerusalem. Vision of God to Jerusalem. To the door of the inner gate. That looked towards the north. Where was the seat of the image of jealousy. Which provoked to jealousy. I want you to look at the experience. He was sitting before the elders of Jerusalem. In his house. Amen. And then, all of a sudden, what happened? He said, the hand of the Lord fell on me. Which actually means the Spirit. Is that okay? Just like Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 12, I was caught up to the third heaven. That was the same experience. And so this thing happened to him. And he could see Jerusalem. He could see the temple. Don't forget, the elders were there sitting with him. But they were not seeing what they were seeing. Is that Okay. Right. And know that he was sleeping this time. He was literally awake. But he could see himself floating between heaven and earth. That means he was suspended in the air. Are you getting that? Right. And right at that position, he could see Jerusalem. and was taken through the gate, one of the eastern gates, and then he saw the idols in the temple, which provoked God to jealousy, right in the temple. Are you getting with me? Right. Then verse 5 said, Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up the eyes now. The way towards the north. So I lifted up my eyes the way towards the north. And behold, not where at the gate of 
the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. Praise the Lord. So you see, the experience he's describing here is so unique. You can picture yourself sitting down in the midst of other people, and all of a sudden, you are no longer with them, you are somewhere else. Can you get what I mean now? You are somewhere else, you are seeing things that they cannot see, you are hearing voices that they cannot hear. Praise the living God. So these are visions. So the Lord did this to him to show him what Israel has gone into and how he feels about it. That's why Ezekiel was having this revelation. So again, I want you to notice the features in this revelation. There's an appearance. There's a shape of the hand of a man. He was lifted up. In other words, Though he was sitting down, but he see himself suspended. That is to say there was a movement. These are features that are in this revelation. Or this vision. Which you can experience. Praise the living God. So, now one of the things I want to really, really, I mean, plead with you about is to see how that your walk should become more spiritual. That you can be privileged to have these experiences. When I say you will be more spiritual, you come to the place where the thoughts of God and the things of God actually fill your heart. Now one of the reasons why Ezekiel had to come in today was because he's a prophet of God. You see what I mean? Because the prophet of God. The elders of Israel never saw this. They couldn't see what he was saying. But because of his relationship with God, God wanted to show him something. So, one of the things that brings vision to your life is your relationship to God and the way you think about the things of God. Is that okay? Right. No matter what happened, if you like, I mean, take anything that wants to make you sleep, you could sleep, but I will not stop God from communicating with you. In fact, it's even better when you sleep off so that you can have the whole of your spirit. Praise the living God. Are you with me? Good. So much I had tonight with Benson in the house. So many of them having a meeting together somewhere in Ghana. I can literally describe the place. And they were, I saw letters written, things written. I mean, it was something all through the night until I woke up this morning. You know, and I can, I can vividly remember the things that were written. I couldn't read them. What I mean is, they're not normal language, they're not English. So it's like I'll have to get somebody to interpret those things for me. You see, once the thought of God are in your mind, all this thing plays out. God wants to communicate some things to you, wants to reveal some things to you, wants to direct your walk. Praise the living God. So the more we seek the kingdom, the more we are privileged to have revelation and visions. You see what I mean? Right. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, notice those features again, like I said. What are those features you'll find in this place? There was a form. Is that okay? There was an appearance. And then there was a shape of a hand. And then we talked about it was lifted up. That which had to do with the movement. There was a movement in the vision. These are features. All right. 
Again, let's look at Exodus chapter, I mean, uh, Ezekiel 40, verse number 2, down. Ezekiel 40. Okay, we can start from verse number 1. Let's start from verse number 1. Ezekiel 40. In the five and twenty year of our captivity, in the beginning of the year, in the tenth day of the month, in the fourteenth year, after that, the city was smitten in the same, same day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me thither. Now, I begin to see this experience, they were very unique to Ezekiel. So, anytime you read talking about the hand of the Lord, it's not talking about literal hand, but talking about the movement of God by the Spirit. Is that okay? Are we here? Good. Verse 2 says, In the vision of God brought he me into the land of Israel. Now remember, here they were in captivity. Even when he saw that one the first time, they were in captivity. So he said, he brought me into the land of Israel. Now, I wouldn't know where they were this time now, maybe Babylon, wherever. And the Bible is saying, he took me right there. That means, he was in Babylon, for example. Is that okay? And he could see what was happening where? In Jerusalem. In Israel. You understand that? But we say he wasn't dreaming. This is not a dream. And then set me upon a very high mountain, but which was the frame of the city on the south. And he brought me thither, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of brass, with a line of flax in his hand, and a measuring reed, and he stood in the gates. He was seeing a picture of a man with a reed. The reed is like your tape, measuring tape. Okay. And then the man said unto me, Son of man, behold, with the eyes and hear with the ears, and set the hand upon all that I shall show thee. For to the intent that I might show them unto thee, are that brought hither. Declare all that thou seest to the house of Israel. Amen. And behold, a wall on the outside of the house round about, and in the man's hand, a measuring rod of six cubits long, by the cubic and a hand breadth. So he measured the breadth of the building, one reed, and the height, one reed. So here, again, Ezekiel is saying, the Lord showed him the vision of Jerusalem. Now, what actually was going on here was, when he said, declare what that's here to the house of Israel, it is that they might know to build the second temple. That they wanted to build, or they are going to be built, when they shall be restored from their captivity. So God was showing him the temple, the pattern of the temple, the measurement of the temple, exactly what the Bible says, God showed Moses all dimensions of the temple before he built it. So it is the same experience that Ezekiel is having here. We're having this experience that God is giving all the dimensions of the temple. Praise the living God. Right. So that when they come back from captivity, he will be able to tell the people exactly every measurement that God has intended for them to have the temple built. You see that? So again, you find that for some of the things that God... Help me now. Some of the things that God wants you to accomplish for him, they can be revealed to you in a vision. Are you there with me? Right. Now, listen again. They were in captivity... 
and they are going to be building a temple when they return. And God is showing Ezekiel the nature and the dimension of the temple when they come back home. So some of the things that God wants to accomplish, you could be privileged for to see those visions as we call the vision of the Lord. That's to say the mind of God is being revealed to you to see what God wants to do or want his people to do. Praise the Lord. So I want you to really, really be attentive to these things because there are some of the things that God wants to show you because of what he intends to do. It could be in your family, for his name's sake. It could be in the church. I mean, you have to position yourself in such a way that you should be able to receive some of these ministrations from the spirit realm. And it's very, very important. Your company, your business, God can show you. Especially if you commit them into the hands of God. Amen? Alright. So here again we see um, how Ezekiel walked through all of those uh, visions. Personally, I'm very impressed with this and I'm very interested in this particular experience. Because he talks about what is to come. You see, and God is giving the dimension. You won't miss anything out. So when the time comes for the temple to be built, they know the exact dimension to put in place. I'm beginning to think that this is the way uh, Moses had the dimension of the temple that he built as well. You see what I mean? Right. Showed him everything. Now, he wasn't dreaming. I want you to only remember that. He wasn't dreaming. He wasn't sleeping. This one, he was just sitting in his house. And the hand of the Lord just came and picked him up. When that happened, you begin to see what Paul was describing. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Only God knows. Did you get that? Right. You are picked up in such a way in the spirit that you know you're no longer there. You, you don't really know what is going on. You know? But you, you can still know that you are alive, but you are somewhere else. Okay. I think the nearest I've got about this was what I would call death experience. Um, on this particular day, a few years ago, I was literally going to die. Um, that was around 19, 2008, 2007-2008. I was just lying down and that I was feeling terrible headache. So I just decided to lie down. As I was lying down, all of a sudden, I saw myself floating up from me. And the strange thing was, I was seeing the way I dressed, but another me facing me as if I'm looking at the mirror. And it was just going up like that. It was just going up gradually. And so, somehow I shouted, Oh God, is this the way I'm going to die? And then I was given a scripture in the book of Luke. Well, Jesus healed the man and said, take up your bed and walk. And so immediately I laid my hand and picked my Bible and just read the place. And as soon as that scripture voice came, I saw my body came back to me. And a force moved me out of the bed. So, I call that a near-death experience. No, but that is what this man is talking about. You are up there, but you can see things. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So it's like you are living in two worlds. You are physically present here, and again, your spirit and your real self, if I may use the word, is on another plane, seeing some other things, having discussions, having things going on there. If anybody is with you, you will not even know. Like what I just described, if anybody was even sitting by me, the person will not even know what I'm even seeing or experiencing. 
You see? So, the world we are in is, is actually made of two realms. The celestial realm and the temporary world, which the one we are existing in. But your real you is within this body that you have. So your real you can move out. Right? And have experiences in the spirit realm and come back to you. That is the point. I'm beginning to think that some of the things you call dream, actually, is your real you moving out and having some experiences and coming back. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But that one is, maybe you sleeping, but what, would, what we're describing here that happened to Ezekiel, he wasn't sleeping. He was sitting down, and the hand of the Lord just came, picked me up, and then was taking me to Jerusalem. So, as he was sitting there, he was seeing Jerusalem. So, if anybody was sitting around with him, he can't see what he's seeing, he can't hear what he's hearing. And here, you saw a man came to him and said, hey, you better pay close attention and look very well. I want to give you the dimension. God sent me. God brought you here so that you can see the dimension of the temple. So you better listen closely and hear well. I like that. Praise the Lord. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say, this is supposed to be, to be honest, the experience of every true believer with born again of the Spirit. It's supposed to be our regular, regular experiences. Amen. Okay. Look at another one. Um, Acts chapter 16, verse number. I'm trying to give you the features. So as I'm reading these passages, pick out some of the features you can find in, in dreams and visions. So, Ezekiel, I mean, Acts 16, verse number 6. The Bible says, Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and forbidding of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. It's Paul and Barnabas now. After they were come to Mysia, they are said to go into Bethania, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now, this is like the first one we read in Ezekiel 4. In the night, no, I mean Job, we already Job chapter 4, right? Right. This appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach. The gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from trust, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis. Praise the Lord. Now, what I want you to pick there is the verse 10. After we have seen, no, verse 11 rather. And a vision appeared unto Paul in the night. Just to the man. So he could see a figure. And this figure could talk to him and explain to him exactly what the purpose of the appearance is. What the purpose of the appearance? Come over to Macedonia to help us. Amen? Now, if for instance you are in ministry and you have this kind of clear revelation, you know that God is leading you there. Amen? Are you listening? 
Now, a similar theme that I have in this regard was when we were still at Yede, uh, a boy, you know, there we had a church when I was still uh, teaching. And so, when the, the call was coming to come to worry this way, and I was resisting, like I said the other time, but I have this vision in the night. I saw myself riding a bicycle in Ugele, and I was looking for one pastor, Sunday Okuyade. He was a very close friend. We were together. Uh, he was at me, but we were at Yede, and we always relate. So, at this stage, Okuyade have already come down to worry this way. Was already with the ministry, GDM at that time. And so, I find myself in this vision, and I was riding a bicycle. And somebody just appeared, a lady, gorgeously dressed, and said, where are you going to? I said, I'm looking for Sunday, Okuyade. They said, how can you be looking for Sunday in Uwele? Sunday is in worry, and they are waiting for you there. That was the same I mean, she made. That you can't be looking for Sunday in Uwele. Sunday is already in worry, and they are waiting for you there. People are there waiting for you. So when I got out of the vision, I knew that the Lord was saying, I should actually move from here to worry. It's a similar thing now this man is having here. You know, they wanted to go there, the spirit said, don't go. They want to go this way, the spirit said, don't go. The next thing, a man appeared and said, come over from Macedonia and help us. This is a clear direction for ministry. And if you walk in this way, you can't miss it. Praise the living God. You just can't miss it. And let me say this again. You see, all of these experiences that we have described have nothing to do with somebody fasting and praying. How many of you understand what I mean here? All of them were not fasting and praying, but they had a relationship with God. Is that okay? Right. Look at Paul. It's not as if he was fasting and praying for anything. He was just concerned about moving. He wanted to go to this way. Spirit said, don't go. He wanted to go here. Spirit said, don't go. And the next thing, this vision comes in. You see what I mean? Right. And then you look at Ezekiel in captivity, sitting in his house. Spirit came and said, this is where the temple is going to be. So sometimes... Your relationship, I keep saying it, that's what brings visions to you. Is that okay? Why fasting and prayer can be okay, but a good relationship with God, the thoughts of God in your mind, the desire to do the things of God can bring revelations to you. Is that alright? Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, so here we find a vision appear to Paul in the night. Now, whether this vision was in a dream or whether just a representation made to the senses of Paul, we cannot say anything. Uh, but one thing is important, a man of Macedonia appeared to him. And some people are saying this could be the guiding angel of Macedonia. You know, we have people saying that and thinking that way. And for me, I think it's not out of place to think that way. Because the language he used showed that he has relationship with the Macedonians. And then he said, you come and help us this way in Macedonia. Praise the Lord. So, in other words, if we have, uh, most often you hear people talk about territorial spirit. But like I used to say, they don't understand also that there are guiding angelic spirits in all nations. They only think about territorial spirit in terms of demons. But nations themselves have guiding spirits that God has set in place. Like we find in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32, I think verse number 8. We'll be able to see that if you take time to study that. Amen? So, God has positioned 
angels in all nations. And this is where intercession is so important. If you are truly an intercessor, one of the things that you need to do is to be able to identify with the guiding angel of that nation or city where you are. So that the directions of God will be communicated to you through that guiding angel. And it's very important we understand this. So it's not just about terrible demons, terrible demons, which uh, it says only talk about. No, we've always missed out on the fact that there are guiding angels that God has put in place you know, to take care of every nation. As far as Israel was concerned, when God was dividing the nations into positions that they are, Christ was their guiding angel. And that's why I discovered that he appeared, I mean, at the time of Joshua, when he was fighting the war. The Bible says he came with a sword drawn and he asked him, Who are you? Are you for us or against us? He said, I'm neither. I'm not against you. I'm not for you. I don't belong anywhere. Right? Are you getting what I'm saying here? Right. That is basically Christ Jesus himself. So he was the guiding angel of the children of Israel. But every other nation had their own guiding angel. And I'm convinced that this person that appeared to Paul was the guiding angel of Macedonia. And he said, you come over here and help us. In other words, we need the message here. We need the gospel here. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, Paul had this saw this human shape, like we're saying, and there, there was divine communication that was made to him, and he could be able to pick them. Okay, let's go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. Daniel 2, verse 31. Truth is, if you can, if you can come to the place of walking by divine revelation, you have more stable life. You know, any decision you're making based on revelation, you are double sure, 100% sure. And you can, you, can be, you can also believe it, that God will come to your aid, come to your help. Praise the Lord. Daniel 31 verse, I mean 2 verse 31. It said, Dark, O king, sowest. Now, here is Daniel, the king Nebuchadnezzar, saw the image. Remember the story, right? And they needed an interpretation to this image. So here we go. It said, Dark, O king, sowest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee. Watch that. And the form thereof was terrible. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron, part of clay. Now verse 34 is very important to me. Thus so as still that a stone was caught with our hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Praise the Lord. I come back to this. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the golden broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer tracing floor, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. Okay. So, this is so interesting. What is interesting here for me is verse 34. Now, Daniel saw, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar saw this image standing. An awesome image with a head of gold, brass. You see, I think, have I dealt with elements before in the church here? Elements? Have we dealt with elements? 
like gold, silver, iron, with death without source? Alright. Good. So, you see the words in picture there. And now, what is important here for me, verse 34, is this. That's so a kill that his toe was called out with that hand, which bore the image upon his feet of iron and clay, and breaking them to pieces. But if you look at it from verse 32, is it verse 32 now? Uh, no. Let's look at verse 31. Look at verse 31 again. Thou, O king, sawest and behold the great image. The great image was bright now, and excellence stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image here was of gold. Now you see, he stood before thee, and when you go to verse 34, he said, Till. That means there was a time frame. I don't know if you get that. He was looking, the image was not moving, but he was watching until a stone came from the side. So when he started watching and when the, the stone came, there was a time lag. You understand what I mean now? Good. So that time speaks of the time that the other kingdoms were exist before Christ was born. Did you get the picture now? Good. You know the head was Babylon, the chest was Medopatia, the torso was Greece, and then the feet was Rome. Good. So he saw this. So the time frame that he saw there was from now the time of Babylonians down to Medopatia, down to Greece, down to Rome. That was now the word till, which is fine in verse 34. You see, that's our till. That his stone was. You see that? So there was a, a time frame. And so, sometimes you have time frame element in visions. What that means is, God can give you a vision, but there's a time for the fulfillment of that vision. Did you get that? Are you with me? Yeah. You can get a vision. You can get a dream now. Let me put it that way. It could probably take another... Ten years or five years for that dream to come to pass. That's a time frame there. Did you get it? Right. So, he saw, he was looking and looking and looking continuously until the stone came and shattered the feet of the image that he was looking at. So, there's always a time frame of vision to be fulfilled. Some can be shot, instant. But you can even think about even the the vision that Ezekiel had now of when he was going to come back before they came back from captivity, before they built the temple. There was a time frame. You see what I mean? So not all visions are fulfilled instantly. Does it make sense to you? Right. Not all visions are fulfilled instantly. So, depends on what God wants to do. It could take one year, two years, three years, five years. I mean, it just can go that way. That's where vision goes. So you need to also, sort of when you have some vision sometimes, don't just run into doing some stuff. You better wait and watch and see how God is going to perfect those things. Praise the living God. When God was calling me into ministry and I was resisting, when it was time, I had a dream. In this dream, I was sitting on top of a well with a plank on it, still in the village, Jankrama. And then, we, I used to work with a group of people called ACMTs in those days from the U.S. So, the man that was controlling Nigeria was called General Massin from Lafia. So, while I was in this dream, 
he just walked to me and looked at me and said, what are you still doing here? They are waiting for you. You know? And it didn't left. And then the second day, I find myself again in the same position, and I was playing a drum, and I was singing a song. Time we tell, time always we tell. And I looked at my hand, there was a wristwatch. And I got out of the vision. I knew very well that the time has come. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying now. Right. But you see, before this time, there were several other revelations that God was bringing forth. So what I'm trying to make you understand is this is very critical for you to follow when you have visions. To know when they are to be fulfilled, God will make you see. If it is going to be now, if it is tomorrow, if it is three years time, you should be able to wait. Right? And so Habakkuk will say, write the vision. Though it tarry, it shall not delay or it shall be fulfilled. Is that okay? Write the vision, though it tarry. So visions can tarry. Meaning, vision can take some time before they are fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Did you get anything there? So, one of the features in vision is what? Timing. Praise the Lord. Okay, go again to Daniel chapter 3 verse 24. Personally, I'm enjoying this study. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it when I'm studying this thing out. Uh, making me to see more and more things. Hallelujah. Daniel 3 24. Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said, Now, this is where the, uh, remember, the three Hebrew children were cast into the burning flame of fire, right? So, the Bible says, He rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of fire, and they have no hearts, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. So here we find that Christ revealed himself to Nebuchadnezzar that he can protect his people. Other people never saw them. Are you getting what I'm saying now? No other person saw, but he could see. Interesting passage again. So another feature that can play out in terms of... Um, Vision is the appearance of the Son of God. He can show himself to you. So this is where people sometimes get confused. When they see this kind of vision, they say, Oh, the time is fulfilled. Jesus just came to me and told me no more time. The end is near. I mean, it's finished now. We can do nothing again. All of those things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But that's one of the features that comes up in visions. The appearance of the Son of Man or Son of God. Praise the Lord. This one is very interesting. So, but, again, think about that. Now, vision as it is, is not just peculiar to believers. Now, what happened here now is because God wants to reveal himself. So, again, I'm, as we go down, maybe next studies, we want to see visions from God and vision from other sons. Right? Now, this one was from God because he wanted to let him know that there is nothing he can do to his own people who believe him. Praise the living God. Are we together? So here we have night vision. This is like a night vision. Like we have described already. Okay. Spirit, appearance, and all of that. So what are some of those things we can find in visions from these passages where I just read? The first thing we see there is 
A vision can be what we call night vision, like we saw in Job chapter 4. Is that okay? Night vision. Right. The second thing we find again as one of the major features is spirit. Say, spirit appeared to me. Job said that. Then, number four thing we can see in visions is the word appearance. Something has to appear. Something has to be revealed. Is that okay? Right. Then the next thing we see again is the form. He said, I saw the form of a man. Praise the Lord. So we also look at pictures of tangible features in visions. Like the form or shape of a man appeared to him. Like in the case of Job, now he said, I saw the spirit and a form stood before me. Is that okay? Right. Spirit passed before my eyes and a form stood before me. So you also think about that. And again, the next thing we can also see in visions is the word figures. Which is close to forms. Well, we can saw figures. Uh, like the image of Daniel, there are figures. Then we can also have voices. In vision, we can hear voices. And that's also very important. Is that okay? Right. So, you see, if you're a true believer, you, you're walking with God under the Spirit, it's not all voice that you hear are demonic. You've got to understand that. Praise the Lord. Not all the voices you hear are demonic. I gave you the illustration the last time, I'm sure. When I was traveling to Lagos and there was this voice, you know, that was talking to me. I was seeing the phone talking to me. The driver was not seen. Remember that? Right. So you can see that. You can see visions appearing to you and you're hearing voices. So voices are part of the features that accompany visions. And then a man, like we find in Acts chapter 16, a man of Macedonia. You know, here you're seeing somebody like a literal human being, right, talking to you. And it's not necessary sometimes you're sleeping or dreaming. You could definitely be while awake with your eyes open and you see somebody just appear and begin to talk to you. There are no demons. You see, I always have this conviction. Sometimes people tell me, oh, I'm seeing some of my relations. I'm seeing some. Then I ask the question, what are they telling you? Because sometimes these people could be looking for your help. <laughs> you know, Hebrews 12 says, they without us cannot be made perfect. You see that? So some of your relations who are passing the glory could be looking for your help and they want to show up and you tell them one or two things. I mean, there are no demons. You know? But sometimes because we like this understanding, we end up going for deliverances. That you are seeing people who have died. How can you see? Oh, what are the living going to do with the dead? They are not dead. The Bible didn't say they are dead. Did the Bible say they are dead? No. They sleep in the Lord. You see that? They are not dead. So, they are just on the other side of life. You are on this side of life. They are in the celestial realm. You are in the terrestrial realm. So, they can need your help. Because you have the reconvenant. Probably they never had it before they pass into glory. You see that? Praise the Lord. So again, what's the next thing? So we talk about the man, and then we talk about timing elements are involved in vision. The timing element is very important. 
You probably cannot have a vision today and God wants the vision come to pass tomorrow. No. It could take two years, it could take three years, depending. Right? So you must also walk with the timing of God when visions begin to come to you. Then we have the world. Um, another element we see that the Son of Man or the Son of God, that is Christ Himself, can reveal Himself to you. And that is very, very important. And one of the other experiences I had in this, which was very exciting to me, was when I had accidents some years back. And I lost my pelvis, and I was walking on crutches. And so, right in the village where we were, at, um, was that not the boy there? No, no. We were at uh, Oto Widen, you know? And so, they were treating the leg when I left Loot Hospital, and I was walking on crutches. And so, they asked that I should use some native bands to rub the leg. You know, so that it can be straight or whatever the case may be. And so I, I was not really wanting to do that. So, but then, pressure came. I took it. I rubbed it the first night. I found my leg was swelling up. I tried it the second day. I saw another expansion. <laughs> my leg was getting fatter than it was before. So I said, no, this couldn't be God. I mean, this can't help. But what happened in the night, I was lying down. No room like this uh, with my wife, and then I saw the door was locked, but somebody very tall and white just walked into the room. I was seeing him. He picked my leg, that leg that I had the accident with, hit it on the bed three times. God can hit this leg. Do you hear me? And then he turned and went through the door. So I said, "Check this door. Was the door locked?" He says, "Check it again." He said, "The door is locked." Somebody just walked in and that's what he told me. I just knew that was Christ. So I just took the balm, sink it in the toilet, and I went into fasting. I think I fasted for three and a half days or thereabout. And at the end of that three fasts, I dropped the crushes. I started walking with my legs. So this is appearances of the Son of God. He can come to you in certain situations. Again, I want to say they are not demons. Is that okay? Right, those are my practical experiences that I have about that, and I don't miss it. I mean, as soon as he said that to me, I just threw this stuff away. I just went into fasting three days, and then the next day, my crushes was down. Start walking with my legs. Today, I never went back to crushes because somebody said God can heal his leg. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I mean, if you start having vision, it's quite a good experience. You will love it. You enjoy it, and um, it's something that can make you, you have boldness, you have faith. You understand what I mean? Right. You have boldness, you have faith, because there are experiences that are out of the blues, if I may use the word. They are just normal things. Praise the Lord. So, but again, I want to emphasize this. I wasn't fasting before I got that experience, but I have a relationship with God. And the, the closest thing was, I read the Bible, I pray, and that's all. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. So we have that, and then we have the movement, like we said before, took me up, took me up. So one of the things we find again in visions is uh, movement. There should be movement. Okay, let's just talk about, uh, I don't know if we're able to finish it. What? Time is almost done, right? Okay, let me just say this, and then we can close for tonight. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because look, our time is almost up. Um, we're going to start from type of visions for next week. 
uh, type of visions. And we're going to have what I call three kinds of visions. We're going to be dealing with that next week. Uh, one of them is night vision. Number two is open vision. Number three is trance. Number four is divine visitations. Amen? How many times did I have that? Four times. Is it? Night visions, open vision, trance, divine visitations. Okay. So, we'll be able to see that. And then I'll be able to also explain to you the difference between visions and dreams. So, we'll deal with that next week. But for the now, just deal with those things which I said are the primary things you find in every vision. What are they? Night vision, they can appear in the night. You can have spirit forms appearing to you. You can have appearances. You can have forms or shapes or figures. You can hear voices talking to you. You can see a man like the man of a son of God. And then you can have the timing element. And then the son of man, form, shape, hand. And then you can have movement. When he said, he hand lifted me up. You can have movement you know, in all of those things. So, visions are the they should be daily occurrences, if I may use the word, to every one of us. And like I was trying to say, the one I have this night, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I could see ladies in the house are talking, preaching, and we're in Ghana. I literally can figure out the kind of zone. If I go to Ghana, I can say this where we were. You know, very nice experience that I had. I just loved it. I really enjoyed myself listening to him preaching and talking to the people. And uh, I, I think one of the places they wanted me to pray for somebody who was sick. And he told me, no, this person is not ready to be healed. He doesn't have faith to be healed. So I have to leave him. There were three people there. Three men. So, men, that is vision for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.